trail walker, trail runner. Okay. Right. You want to start again? I'm going to do it again. All right. Okay. Let's do it again. I'm going to do it again. It I'm so. <laughs> <laughs> This is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex show podcast and uh, the Hobbytown Hobbyplex race director, second in command manager extraordinaire. With me as always. I'm Will Brinton. I'm more of like a fist beetle at the Plex. <laughs> I just help out whenever I can. And uh, I do this podcast. As always, this show is sponsored by Pivot Lending Group. You can find them at uh, pivotlending.com. And if you mention this show, if you're trying to get a, a refinance or a home loan, you get your choice of either $500 lender credit or 0.125 off of your rate. Funny story. So we were handed uh, hats to wear. And today I had some work done to my car. I got an oil change. Will, you'd be proud of me as uh, everybody that watches uh, YouTube knows that I'm not really a car guy in any way or don't. I don't do anything with real cars for the most part. But I've been driving around on my spare with my Nissan, um, I got a Frontier, Nissan Frontier, my dream truck, what I've always wanted to have. Anyways, I've been driving around on the spare since like December <laughs> and I got a new tire on my regular rim and I had it in my garage because of the winter time. I didn't want to do it because I hate being cold. And then we were just so busy. I've never really gotten around to it. And today after the oil change, I'm like, you know, I should probably put that tire back on. So I put my actual tire on. And then I put my spare back underneath my truck and cranked it up so that I have a spare if I ever need it again. So I'm all squared to go there. Yeah. I had the pivot landing hat in the backseat of my car. Okay. And I was kind of cleaning out my truck and I said, and I was like, okay, I don't want to lose this hat or have it accidentally get taken inside or whatever. So I put it in the front seat of my car. Then I went downstairs because I bought a new light for my room so that the uh, after hours show has better lighting. And Gretchen uh, went and mowed my uh, stepdad's lawn. This is a long story. Sorry about this. But uh, anyways, she came back and she had to move my truck because I was still parked crossways along the garage. So she backed up my truck and then she parked it again. Then Gretchen did what Gretchen always does. She saw something and went, oh, I should clean that. So she took the pivot landing hat out of the front seat of my car and took it inside so that she could throw it in the wash machine. So I'm not wearing my hat. Hmm. But you are. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I had the, the box. There you go. Look at that. Til- look at up. the logo. Oh, look at the cat. Yeah, my cat's in the room. So for those of you that are uh, that are listening to this later, Will is looking super sexy with his with his uh, beard. And he's got this cute little cat in front of him. And then his hat has the pivot landing logo uh, right on the front of it. So he's doing a really good job with it. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's posing with his cat. Yeah. Screenshot that for later. First, we should probably get into some sort of like hobby news and new products. There's not a whole lot out there again right now. The first thing I want to say, though, is you could definitely tell that a lot more states are open. Oh, yeah. Because your Facebook feed is loaded now with race results again, which is good. It's been a while. Yeah, everybody's just like posting anything. You know, it's great. Yeah. Like, hey, I changed my diff oil today, you know. (laughs) I, I do that stuff. So yeah, I, I do that stuff too. When I'm, um, I'll be sitting in my room working on stuff and I'll be like, you know what? I should Instagram something. Yeah. It's like, you know, show, show that you wrench, show you're doing the work. 
one of the races they had was the Jimmy Babcock's uh, off-road shootout. It used to be the uh, hot rod hobby shootout, but since his track is outdoors and it's not necessarily in style right now, they moved it indoors. I think last year was the first year they did it. Yeah, I think it's cool that they found a new venue to hold that event so it just doesn't go away. You know, because I mean, like, what 10 scale outdoor events do we even do anymore? Yeah, not a lot of them. And there aren't even a lot of outdoor eight scale events that we really, that people really go to either. So yeah. it's like, you know I th- what I mean? I think- so it's kind of nice to see outdoor race or uh, see that race still continue to survive, like the change in the style of racing that we do. Yeah. So. I think 10 scale, there's definitely, there's very few outdoor tracks that really get any real pub at all. I mean, I, I mean, Florida has some still. Right. Yeah. Pretty much anywhere that they can race all year, you know, and like, I think the grip level that they have at some of those outdoor tracks in Florida is pretty high. Anyway. What, what track was that? It was, um, it was one of the J concepts. It was a J concepts clash and it was a coral something, something. There was tons of grip on that track until it rained. Yeah. Did they sugar <laughs> it back then? Uh, than like it was sugar was popular or calcium. They calcium that track didn't they? They did. And my cars, when I came home were completely rusted mm-hmm. because I had shipped them FedEx and I shipped them FedEx back and uh, I didn't clean them well enough. And uh, all three of them were, were basically rust buckets uh, when I got home. The funny thing about that though is, is they called it clay, right? But when I was down there and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm looking at the track and I'm like, this isn't really clay. This is more like sand with tons and tons and tons of calcium chloride in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it worked, it held together and it had mega traction, you know, and then it rained and they got the track going again and everything, but it was never really the same after that. I'm sure they deal with that all the time down there. Um, cause yeah. it is basically tropical, you know, mm-hmm. is that, that's that track or that's when like red compound was like the J concepts tire to have for outdoor, right? Yeah. I think we were still running. I, th- I think, uh, I wasn't sponsored by J concepts then, but pretty sure that I ran J concepts actually when it got all after it rained and got all weird, we were running goosebumps. Yeah. But before that, what was the tire that was before? Oh, we were still running barcodes. Yeah. I remember seeing Mayfield's car went out there with brand new barcodes. And then six minutes later, the barcodes are bald. It's crazy. Yeah, I thought because they had like an outdoor clay compound there. They had like the white and a yellow. Yeah. And then I thought they had a red. It was supposed to be like outdoor clay. Sounds right. Anyways, what I was trying to say was was 10 scale for sure. There's not many, but but eight scale, I think the COVID-19 thing and not being able to race for a couple months, I think has almost like jump started a lot of outdoor tracks in general, mostly eight scale, of course. I just see more of them in my feed again and you see more stuff on the news feeds and all that too where you know guys are running at places that are either new or you haven't heard of in a while because the turnout had kind of dropped away and then and then this kind of made everybody i think it's i think this thing has made everybody go oh crap we really like to do this and we missed it let's go let's go race every week well and then like outdoor 10 scale i mean it's primarily astroturf any of the outdoor racing like more yeah like their outdoor 10 scale tracks astro and I think there's one in Minnesota now, and then there's that outdoor uh, AstroTurf track uh, in Connecticut that is Alex Kashushek's local track. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I've had a pretty good idea what the pulse is on the comings and goings of of track surfaces Mm -hmm. over the years. 
And right now I feel like artificial services are not necessarily in their way out, but for whatever reason, I feel like it's not, there's not near as much hype about them as dirt. Yeah. I mean, so to me, it seems like dirt's just the standard for off-road. You know, you'll have guys that are like, Hey, let's run on, you know, an artificial surface and they open up a track and people will go and get all excited about it. And then it just kind of like, Oh, this is what we're doing forever. And then it just kind of goes away. Like I think a lot of the, the people get kind of burned out. So it's kind of like a new track ends up with a flash in the pan of new people. And then you end up with the core group of guys still supporting it every week. And yeah. if those guys aren't enough, then, you know, it doesn't make sense to keep doing it. But maybe it's just because of the time of year we're in. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll run carpet again this winter, but yeah. we're going to have a little bit different schedule. And, and hopefully one of these shows we can kind of get into why. Yeah. But I, I do feel, especially lately at our track, that there's been fairly large level of excitement. Yeah. A real want to be on the dirt, to race on the dirt again. I don't know. No, I I think so too. I think a lot of that is like a lot of the people, they had one car for dirt and it's like having to reinvest to do carpet. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what we race on as long as we're racing, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, having the artificial surface take off is actually increase the amount of tracks that we have and the more people interested in racing because, you know, you can build a relatively temporary track for it, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. It's definitely way less investment to do a artificial surface for sure. Mm -hmm. You could have like a track in a gym or something, race once a week and set it up, take it down. If that's all you got, you know, you know, I don't want to get into race results with, with all the other races going on, but it, I just wanted to mention that this was really probably the first week in a while where I've really noticed a big uptick and just stuff going on in general. Oh yeah. We basically lost all of spring racing. I don't think we're going to lose all of summer racing, but I do think this year it's going to be weird because we've, we're going to have no if Mar and I'll, I will, I seriously doubt if we're going to have any, uh, raw dirt at all nitro and 10 scale. Yeah. It would, it would surprise me big time. If, if that had actually happened, uh, from what I understand, it doesn't need to happen because, uh, even though this would be a world's qualifying year, say for, uh, for 10 scale, because if more events this year, basically everything got reset, they're basically just skipping a year. Everything that was going to happen this year is going to happen next year, apparently. Oh, so they're not skipping year. They're postponing a year. Right. So historically every odd year has been a 10 scale worlds and then every even year has been an eight scale world so yeah. it's going to be opposite that's what i understand yep oh, okay i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's what i understand uh that's yeah. the way i was i was kind of told about it a lot of it's liability man you just you can as an organization both on the world level and the national level if you're hosting an event let's say you host a a, a 10 scale national at a popular track and you get 320 cars there which means you get probably about 150 people plus their families plus team managers plus whoever else is coming and a rash of people get sick at that event. Yeah. You know, where does the liability lie is, is Roar insurance going to have to cover those people? I don't know. I mean, you don't have to go, right? You don't have to go and you're right. You're kind of like taking the risk. Yeah. This is the way I kind of look at it. No, um, I, yeah. Yeah. But how many people are going to just take the risk and then get sick? You know, you ultimately, you just don't want anybody to get sick right. or die. Yeah. It is, I don't really, the liability thing, 
I don't think matters as much as the, we just don't want anybody to get ill. Over right. This. I don't think that you'd really necessarily have a huge leg to stand on as far as liability goes, but I mean, ultimately you just want everybody to be safe. So, so I think, I think we'll see fall kind of get back to normal. I think I, unless there's this massive second wave and all of a sudden people start dying that don't have second conditions or whatever it is, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I think we'll be back to normal sure. in the fall. And then I think next year will be better. I cannot wait for 2021 to come around. I hope it's better. I brought, I saw a meme today that said that from this point forward, 2020 will always be a term for when something just goes completely haywire or wrong. The one that I saw is like video games will have easy, medium, <laughs> hard, and 2020 <laughs> for difficulty. <laughs> That's a good one too. What's new? What have we got going on this week? New product wise, we got a couple new products coming in to the Hobby Flex this week. One of them should be the new Element RC uh, Trail Runner with the independent front suspension kit. It's like a um, Toyota Forerunner body that's on it. Hey. I'd be surprised if it didn't show up today. But normally, if something comes in on Monday that's really popular, somebody at the Plex will usually take a picture of it. Usually it's Tim, but Tim's on vacation this week. So maybe it's actually there right now. And I won't know until I go into work tomorrow. But by the time this podcast comes out this weekend, we should have them in stock. The body's got some pretty good detail to it. The big thing is that it's the independent front suspension, which works with the uh, forerunner style body. That's exciting. So what's the, what's the selling point on independent front suspension for uh trail truck crawler guy like for your so for your for your course what would be the advantage of having that well i don't know so a lot of it is realism right Mm -hmm. so if you've got like a toyota or any of those kind of trucks that are like desert runner type stuff and you have that independent front suspension it makes more sense to go with those bodies than it would say a 79 chevy nice to me it looks like you lose a little bit of clearance but at the same time, it looks like you gain a little bit of articulation because it's okay. got its own separate shock. So I don't know. I'd be, in, I personally would be interested in trying one. I think there's, there's two kind of different ways to do scale crawling, even around here in Nebraska. There's the kind of setup that we have at the Plex where we have real rock and we have some man-made obstacles and stuff, but it generally is more of a traditional rock crawler where you need a little bit of articulation, maybe even more than what would be scale with the type of body you're running to get through the course properly. Mm-hmm. And then there is another style that a lot of guys around here do, whereas they go to like uh, the, the same mountain bike trails that I ride every week. And they just have a train of, of trucks that get over obstacles that aren't say as difficult, mm-hmm. but they're in it for the realism. They're like, they're like getting stuck in the mud and then they're backing up and they're using their, their winch to pull their buddy out of the mud or they're doing like a, a water crossing and stuff yeah. and then taking, you know, cool pictures of it and put it on Instagram or whatever. So I think to me, this, that's where this specific truck would, would come in handy at, but that's not to say it might not work on what we have at the Plex. Our courses are great. And we had a handful of people on Tuesday night. I'm really happy. And tomorrow's supposed to be really nice out. So I bet you we get more than that. Yeah. That'd be cool. And then uh, what did you see today? Was there a Reedy charger 
that came out? Yeah, uh, last couple of days ago, I saw there's uh, Reedy released a new charger. Just looking at the quick specs on it, should charge a two-cell LiPo at uh, 14 amps. That's really all I know about it. There's two batteries at the same time, which is the standard. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to be ordering one, so it's going to be a must-have for me. Well, that's good. And it looks cool. Like, the graphics on it are nice. Nice. Are you going to not use your eye charger? Uh, probably not. No, it'll just go back on the shelf. Oh, okay. I just kind of holding out for the new charger. Oh, okay. So. Well, yeah, the eye charger works fine too. There's really expensive, so that's true. I just use I just use the Reedy charger because it isn't as expensive as an eye charger. Yeah, you know, because I don't I don't think you need all that stuff. But some guys would be like, oh, you got to discharge and charge and pound your batteries and stuff. And I've just never done any of that because I'm a mod guy. You know, yeah, I've always just race modified and like use my batteries for like three years. <laughs> I raced 13, five, uh, this weekend with my four wheel drive car. This first time I've raced a spec class in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, on Friday night I got it all together and I had it way over geared and it felt really slow. And I was kind of like, what am I doing wrong? And then Saturday morning I dropped from a 27 to a 25 uh, tooth pinion gear and poof, my car was fast just by doing that. I thought about running 13, five, four wheel. You should. The next summer series. Oh, I'm not going to do it at summer series. Oh, I need a 13.5 motor. I'm club racing with 13.5. I won't do that at the summer series. Right. I don't feel like I need to run two classes and I, I really like racing 40 plus. Yeah. So other than that, can you think of, uh, any other new products that came out or were announced this week that are really super important? Not a whole lot. Not anything that's like crazy important. Yeah. I haven't seen any new airplanes or anything there that I know of. No, no, there's really no new airplanes. We got in two slash kits and oh, they really? sold right away. They sold right away. And then we ordered in huh. four slash kits and they sold right away. You have to like you build a Traxxas mm-hmm. vehicle? Yeah. Wow. And a stampede four by four kit and a slash four by four kit. And they've had the TRX four kits now for a while, but Somebody ordered a Stampede 4x4 kit, and Tim was like, we should probably order one of these for a shelf, and we did. And uh, yeah, dude, they actually been selling, which makes me happy. means that people actually want to build stuff. And, and to be honest with you, a slash is not that hard of a build, I don't think. I don't, there's, not, there's nothing complicated about it. No, I think you could build that car in a couple hours. Yeah, that'd be a perfect, a perfect kit to give a 13 or 14-year-old kid for the first build, as long as the instruction manual is nice. Right, which... It is. Yeah. I'm sure it is. It's a Traxxas product. So thought that was interesting, but I wonder if one of the reasons why they came out with a kit of a slash is, is just because there's guys that are, that are taking them and turning them into drag cars, dirt oval cars. You know, there's just like this, uh, there's a need for like a, just a donor car almost. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. Like I was actually surprised to hear that. Cause like, I can't think of the last Traxxas kit that Traxxas has made. You know, like a kit that you build. I bought my stepbrother a Rustler in 1994 or five. I think that was a kit. That you had to build? That I built, yeah. Interesting. But I don't think they hadn't had a good kit kit until had to have been the T-Rex 4. The T-Rex 4 Sport. They can't, you know, they've got the kit version of that. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they had the Stampede 4x4, and now they have the Slash. So can you get the kit like you would a Tamiya car, where it comes with the 
speed control and stuff. It still comes with everything. Oh, it comes. It comes with everything. Everything. Is it cheaper? Uh, no, it's more expensive. It's one ninety nine. <laughs> so by, they don't even build it. They no, charge by, you more. Yeah, by ten bucks. It's it's more expensive by ten bucks. And I actually, I actually what went to go racket. see. I actually, I know. I actually went to see if. Um, I actually went to see if it was maybe like just an LCG chassis or something that made it more expensive. Yeah. Nope. Like. Nope. It's just slash. It's just a clear. More, it's got a clear. A, it? It's got a clear body. <laughs> And uh, so yeah, funny. Yeah, oh it's, my God. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's like some guy at Traxxas is like, "Hey, we should build like put like make a kit, and it's like ten bucks more, and see if they buy it. Like it's a kit, and we have to do less work." <laughs> what a oh man, that's really funny. But hey, it's working for him, right? Hey, whatever. You know, we had Mac Vanderbeek on last week, so we didn't talk about race results. So we basically skipped a week of race results. But this weekend, uh, we had another good turnout. But let's go by the numbers here. 36 drivers, 58 entries. I think we had nine heats all day. We had two heats of Mod Buggy and two heats of 13.5 Wheeler and then a full heat of everything else. We were short a little bit on trucks, on stadium trucks, but that kind of happens every once in a while. So there was an A&B main in 13.5 and Mod Buggy. And I love racing at the Plex because of, because of our mod buggy turnout. Yeah. It's my favorite class. And, and the fact that on a weekly basis we get, you know, anywhere from say eight to 14 cars. So we either have a full heat or we have two heats. It makes me excited to go to the track. In fact, my car is at home right now waiting for me to get home and, and start working on it tonight. Yeah. So I'm going to change some stuff. So I want to talk about the track real quick. The summer series, of course, when we have that many cars, it's pretty easy for the track to get a groove. And to just blacken up and have it be phenomenal, no matter what you do, it seems like our dirt is still good enough to where it, it can do that. But in the middle of the week, uh, when it's open track and the garage doors all get opened up and everything, it's always been a struggle for me to try to keep moisture in that thing so that the surface doesn't crack and get hardened up to the point where it gets weird, right? So Friday night after racing, by the way, family Friday off-road, we had 42 entries. We had like 20 something That's people, awesome. 42 entries. So if you count, so if you take this weekend altogether, off-road had like 104, 105 entries altogether between Friday and Saturday. That's awesome. Yeah. Pretty, pretty awesome. So Friday night I was like, you know what? I was looking at the track and I'm like, I'm going to try something. So I haven't applied VP stay wet in probably a year. And for those of you listening that don't know what that is. VP stay wet is this concentrated mixture that comes in a five gallon bucket that they use on, on real racetracks, motocross, dirt oval, uh, sprint car, that sort of thing to keep the dust down and to, to help the track, uh, maintain a certain level of moisture. When I've used it in the past, it has definitely done that. And what I had done before was like during a track build, I'll, I'll till everything up and then I'll, I'll uh, put everything in a big pile and then as I'm setting it, I'll spray it with stay wet and then you tamp everything in and then you, you water it and it's supposed to help moisture stay in the track. And I haven't done that for a little while because I guess I just kind of got lazy. That's the real honest answer. It's 350 bucks for a five gallon bucket of this stuff. Right. We still have a little over half of it left and I've had it since 2017. Right. Yeah, like a gallon of that stuff will treat like what? 
yeah, 300 gallons exactly. of water yeah. or something. Yeah, it's, it goes far. Yeah, it's 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 a five gallon bucket for 3,000 gallons of water is what it. Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So Friday night, I'm like, you know what? Let's let's see what happens. Because because they had opened up the doors and the track, even though he, he watered it a little bit, it was still drying out a little bit. So I went ahead and took it. I got the special applicator. It's basically the same stuff that you use if you're like spraying the weeds or whatever. I filled it up 450 milliliters and I was able to get almost all the track done with 450 milliliters. Then, so what I did was I sprayed it with that and then I watered it regular. So I took it off and I put the regular spigot on and I went out and I watered the track like I normally would on a Friday night. Came back the next day and that morning there were no puddles on the track, no nothing, which I thought for sure there would be because I watered it a ton. And then it seemed like the start of the second round, all of a sudden a light switch went off and we had mega traction. Yeah. Well, it was like, there was a time that I was, I don't remember when it was, is when we first put that on there. Cause I got this other stuff one time of long time ago. I was like, it was pretty much the same thing. It's just a different brand, like something that I knew about. Yeah. Then you got that stuff and we treated the track with it. And there was a jump section that I was watering. I was like, look, it just soaks. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get it to build water. Yes. I literally stood there with the nozzle on full blast, like for at least 10 minutes, watering was one section and you could not get water to puddle on. Right. It. it was great. So like when you aerate a track or you do things to like to get the moisture content even, cause that's what you want. You want the, the bottom of the dirt to match the top or at least a few feet down. Mm-hmm. And that's what that stuff does. And so when you have the moisture in the track, it, you don't cap, it can't get capped. Right. Yeah. So you don't end up with like dew or slime sitting on top of it. And that that's where you get that, that sweet wide black groove. That's what I noticed this week too, was, was initially the first qualifier. I thought the groove was pretty narrow. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the second round, it looked like the black started to widen out. And then by the main, you could be a foot or two off the line and you still had a pretty good grip level. I mean, Emerson was almost on slicks in the back. Right. No, I wish I would have went out on lower tires in the main because I switched to golds for the main. Oh, really? Because that's what we used to do when we ran that stuff. Nothing else would work. It made it so the track took clay compound really well. Yeah. Or gold compound rather. Yeah. So I went from silver to gold and it was like, holy cow, this is awesome. You know, it was like, it was like, we have a race car again. Yeah. So I just wish I ran a new or lower tread. Cause I, I ran like one, two run tires and, uh, it, it would have been nice to have them a little lower for that. Cause you guys are running like, like super blown out. I was on pretty, I was on pretty blown out low treads. Yeah. I, I wish your tires were so, so thin. You could hold them up to the seven C through them. Like they were, they were pretty thin. I wish that my tie, my foams and my tires were not as balloony for the main. Cause I think that's what right. caused me to screw up right away was I wasn't, well, I wasn't snapping. ready. Like, they were snapping. I wasn't ready for that much traction. We'll get into that here in a minute. But yeah, Emerson was like flipping his car over backwards. Like yeah. when he pulled full throttle. <laughs> the winner is. We'll get into race results really fast. So uh, just going down the line here, the 13.5 B main. So we had 13 cars. So we took eight and then we had five in the, in the B main. This ended up being a really good race. Matt Robinson was your BQ. He had some problems. Joe Schnoes got away from everybody and had a 10 second lead at the end. But the, the, uh, the rod case, Matt Robinson battle went down. They both crossed a line with like 
barely any time left, like, like less than a second. And yeah. I know Rod would have just, he would have been much happier if he didn't have to do that extra lap, but he held him off. Yeah. Matt, Matt tried to get him right at the end. They were, they finished three tenths of a second apart. They were almost side by side over that last double coming to the loop and Rod just had the nose on him. So Rod case got nice. the bump. He got to race again. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And since Rod only was only uh, running one class, that's kind of nice. Cause mm-hmm. then he gets to race again. He gets to hang out a little bit more and you know, he gets that extra track time too. He gets to work on something. Two wheel drive mod buggy was our other lower main. This one was tough because I could have done eight and four, but I feel like that would have been a boring B main, like just four cars. Right. So I tried and, and plus then you're short marshals again, right? Mm-hmm. That's as a race director, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. One of them is I need to have corner marshals. I can't mm-hmm. have a race with just three cars in it. You know, that's why if there's 11 cars, we usually just put all 11 in the main, because why would you have a B main with three cars? And then you got to struggle for marshals afterwards. So Ethan Dallaire, uh, wasn't found himself seventh qualifier. So he started a BQ and I videoed this one cause my son was in it and I thought it'd be fun. So this one's up on YouTube. Ethan pretty much drove away from everybody. His time was really good. Um, it seemed like he hit, he was kind of struggling early in the day. It looked like, and kind of got it figured out, uh, especially by the time he got to the A main, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but Emerson got the bump. Emerson was really excited to race Saturday, which I was really happy about. I was just like, dude, okay, look, you're in the B main, you're behind Ethan. You start in second, just whatever you do, don't run into the car in front of you. Just please. Let's just have, you know, just whatever you do. So he was really worried about getting in a pileup or something at the start. So he was a little bit hesitant and then he, he screwed up over the double and was upside down and was dead last before like the third turn. And then he came back. Mitchell kind of helped him out. Cause I think Mitchell, uh, crashed. Mitchell was in second for, I think the first minute or two of that race. And then, and then started crashing a little bit. So, uh, Emerson was able to get back up there and, uh, there wasn't really any close races other than, I mean, you can see Brian Cox and Mitchell finished six tenths of a second apart, but they were racing for fifth and sixth place. So, you know, that was just good to see Emerson make, make another a main. He has only made one or two of them this year. And then of course, yeah. Ethan got the extra, he got an, an extra race basically. You know, one of the reasons why we only run two qualifiers instead of three, when I was growing up, you know, three qualifiers was kind of the norm for club racing. And with that, if you got a really good turnout, you kind of knew you were in for a 12 hour day. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like, I feel like the need for that sort of thing is, has, has waned. Like the summer series is a long day because we have such a big turnout. We have to run two qualifiers. We definitely can't run three. We'd be there till midnight. Yeah. But even a club race, we made the decision a long time ago to run two qualifiers because we do bump ups, right? Your lower mains are kind of your, your last chance qualifier. And then everybody else that's in the A was probably going to be there anyways. So just make, I don't know. It just makes for a more efficient day. I, I've never club raced anywhere that did three the qualifiers. Yeah. It used to be when I was going to Chile, Chillicothe, Missouri, every Saturday there for a little while in the early, early 2000s. And before that too, three qualifiers was kind of the norm. Right. But it seems like the want for a lot of people to be at the track for that commitment to run that long of a race program every week, I don't think is there. Yeah. The guys that would want to stay and run that long are going to stay and practice afterwards. Yeah. Or be there right yeah. and early in the morning to practice. I've actually really enjoyed being able to race RC cars, get there at 10, leave at like seven 
six thirty, seven o'clock, go home very quickly, put the bike in the back of my truck, go to Tranquility Park and do a hour bike ride before it gets dark. Yeah. I usually get home and on my lawn. Yeah. I feel like my day is not wasted. Yeah. You know, I'm getting in extra stuff. Um, stock truck ended up with only three trucks this weekend. Chance Rolk, uh, Wade Garen and Josiah Roby. Josiah broke out. So he got third, no matter what. And then the white truck and the green truck of, uh, of Chance and Wade raced pretty close and pretty clean for almost the whole time. And then eventually Chance kind of drove away. I think Chance was feeling good about his truck, uh, leading in, especially the next summer series race here in a couple of weeks. Truck's been weird. We've had, I think as many as six. And then the rest of the time we've had, you know, a couple. So we've kind of had to kind of had to squeeze some together with other things. So we had four wheel drive, uh, four wheel drive truck running with these guys too. But yeah, I mean, that was the one race we were really short on was stadium trucks. Stadium trucks just drive funny now. Is that just me? No, they do. I don't know. I remember, I remember having a a T3 and a T4. And I would, when I would, you know, that'd be my second class. I'd race mod buggy and mod truck. And I'd get to the track. I'd race, I'd drive my T4 or T3, whatever I had at the time or, or Matt Francis, triple XT. I'd go to the track. I'd drive it once and I'd go, ah, this thing's good. And then I put it away and then I would just work on my buggy the whole time. My T6.1 that I ran, I had a three gear stand up in that thing for modified. That thing was awesome. Mm. Cause that's what I ran. I didn't even like shake it down or nothing. I ran it at a uh, Mac track that first time with the three gear stand up in it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like the T five M that's the car I've, I finished. Uh, I won the B main at the Aurora nationals and we had it that year. Yeah. I just, I think that's the way to go. Like the lay down in those trucks, it's just really makes it work really weird. I, I had that uh, 3d printed, lay down transmission for my T5M and it just didn't work right yeah. with the weight in the middle of it. I don't know if it's the tire size or what, or the length of the arms compared to how long the chassis is, but I just think it worked. They work best, at least with the layback, you know, when yeah. you start going full, full on lay down with them, they just start working weird. Yeah. I never really liked my 22 T or 2.0 version of that truck either. When I had them, I always thought they, <laughs> I always thought they drove funny. I, they never, they never drove right for me. I was always frustrated with them. Yeah. I, oh, I remember <laughs> <laughs> there's a time. I don't know. You want me to tell the story? No, you can tell it's whatever people. Okay. Yeah. There is that. And it gets better every time I tell it. Okay. So you hold on, you hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on. Hey, pass me a kickstart. Okay, go ahead. I want to do one too. I, I'm drinking uh, Waterloo sparkling water tonight. This is watermelon flavor. And, and it was, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Sparkling. Uh. Oh, it's all, it's dribbling all over your beard. Oh, 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 what are you doing? Anyway, so, (laughs) um, so anyway, the story gets better every time I tell it. Okay. So Alex and I, we used to stay at the track after racing until like, I don't know. Oh, wait, is this the shovel one? No. Oh, okay, good. All right. (laughs) Uh, No. 
there <laughs> we used to stay at the track until like oh midnight three o'clock in the morning one two i used to just stay at your house because it's so late because i'd be like falling asleep driving home i probably could have drove home but anyway mm. so we'd club race on i think it was still when we raced on friday nights too yeah maybe no i think so, so and uh Al, i'm running my buggy and you know just, just driving along woo Alex is like getting really upset with his stadium, the 22 stadium truck. And I'm like sitting there giggling because Alex is losing his mind next to me. He takes the, like, you know, the wooden like stands that we stand on. Oh yeah. He took the wooden stand and threw it off the driver's stand and it hit his 22 <laughs> and like taco the car. I mean, it, like there, there was like, I don't even think the tires had hit the ground at the same time anymore. And, uh, that was it. That was the last time I think I've ever seen Alex race stadium truck. <laughs> That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> I took a shovel to one another time though. Oh, another, I think it was the same one. Another stadium that. truck. I think I took a shovel to it and then I sold it like the next day. It was great. <laughs> yeah, <it was> sweet. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I just never really, never really enjoyed it. I love stadium truck. Mod truck's yeah, my jam. I, I, like I, I was, want I was to so again. disappointed when everything went 13.5. Yeah. But it had to be done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not complaining. Yeah. Just, I, I prefer modified truck. Yeah, me too. Speaking of uh, chucking stuff off the driveway, we should probably take a moment here to listen to our sponsor, Pivot Lending, pivotlending.com. Don Zoller and David Olson, who uh, I think next week he's going to come in and we're going to talk about some uh, newer stuff going on too. So, And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah! This is a Pivot Lending Update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. I think, in my opinion, working with pivot lending, as opposed to maybe some of the other local financial institutions, we have, first of all, we're open nights and weekends. So where uh, maybe a current bank or even a credit union, they're not going to be around at eight o'clock on a Sunday where Don's going to be available. That's huge, especially in a seller's market right now. In addition to that, we have the ability to shop around as far as the lowest interest rates and with our relationships in the credit union and community banking worlds, because we are underwriting and originating loans for them. If you are falling outside of the traditional conventional guidelines or FHA government guidelines, we can work with perhaps one of our our partners to get a portfolio loan for you. So um, there's there's quite a few different distinct uh, reasons, I think, that, that set us apart from our competition. Uh, to reemphasize what Dave said, working with Pivot Lending, you have the opportunity to have access to a lot more companies to um, be able to get the best rate. And then obviously, again, with what we do with a lot of the small banks and credit unions, the portfolio option is something that there really isn't another lender out there that I know of that offers that opportunity. If it's, you know, if it's something that we can do, Mm -hmm. we definitely, we're going to get you into a loan. If you don't fit inside the, inside the box, we've got some out of the box options. That gives us a little bit more of an edge over some of our competitors. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277-589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109-995. Hey, return to 
return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Plexpec beginner A main. Uh, we had a handful of plexers on Saturday. Saturday's not necessarily our beginner day. Friday nights we had, I think we had 26 or 27 plexers on on Friday. That's nice. So if you add these four in with them, and we had a really good weekend for Plexpec. I'm all about the beginner class. I love them on any day. We had a handful on Saturday. We had uh, Jace McCormick, Josh Ryan, Brady Papenpow, I think Papenpow is how I pronounce his last name, and then Kobe McCormick. So here's the thing. The McCormick showed up, Ashley and Easton and his kids, and Jace and Kobe uh, raced Plex, and they did really good. Jace um, definitely had the fastest truck out there, uh, but Josh Ryan with the uh, the, the two-wheel drive uh, Losi buggy TQ'd, just a little bit more consistent, a little smoother. But in the end, in the main event, uh, Jace got him. It was Jace, Josh, and Brady. And Brady had never been to the Plex before. So that was pretty cool. He got a Plex buck. He got a dollar back for getting third place. Yeah. Ain't no dollar back, girl. <laughs> and then Kobe, he uh, he got five laps all day. So he did really good. I think his dad was was pretty happy that he was able to run. So then what we do is usually right after Plex spec, we just run four-wheel drive mod buggy because it's usually the fastest class of the day. The fastest racers usually race it. Tom Rinternet came again. He was pretty much class of the field. He's the only one that got a 17 lap run in the main. Everybody else got 16 or lower. Derek Wood was close to him at first, the first part of the race, maybe the first minute or so, and then just kind of lost track of him. Um, uh, Derek's starting to get his new TLR stuff figured out. I think this is only his third week running the cars. Yeah. And I mean, you can kind of tell he's getting faster, which is unfortunate for you and I, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'll get him. I'll get him. I'll get him. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, we'll get him eventually. See, I'm usually te- I'm usually testing stuff at club races. I'm like trying stuff. Yeah, you know, and uh, that's my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mitchell Pavel got third in four wheel mod, so the missile uh, saved me a plex buck. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always rooting for uh, the Pavels and for Aiden and for myself and for Emerson because we don't earn any plex bucks because we don't pay entry fees. So. If any of you guys are wondering why the Pavels don't is because uh, Jeff Pavel is basically the hobby plexus handyman and he doesn't really charge us. So if you want to come and do stuff around the track for free for us, uh, we'll work something out too. But uh, Jeff has been our guy for a long time and it just kind of works out. I used to race for years on track health. I couldn't afford race entry fees. So yeah, <laughs> I need to come help. Aiden Olson got fourth and I think he broke out. Otherwise I think he would have been up there. He was really fast again. He's been coming to the track, I think, on Mondays to practice. Anytime he works, he's usually bringing his stuff and running a lap or two on the track beforehand. So it's kind of showing. Ethan Delaire qualified fifth, but he didn't start because of an electronic problem. Uh, Patrick Mitrovic said he wasn't running after the first round. And I put Alex Vanderbeek in there because I thought he was going to be running. And he wasn't. So it was just those five or four, actually. Well, it would have been five, but whatever. But once again, Tom Rinderneck's kind of not untouchable because Alex won the last round of the summer series, but I mean, his stu- his car is looking really good. Speaking of low C cars looking really good. 13, five, four wheel drive buggy. This guy made an appearance with his new low C four wheel drive and it turned out. Okay. Again, we had eight cars that we sent to the main. We bumped up to uh, Joe and Rod both finished ninth and 10th. They were your bumpers. Dustin Hosick who's back. He's got Derek uh, Woods old associated stuff, which really isn't even that old. He was looking fast at parts of that of today. I think he's kind of getting it figured out. Ronnie went, got six. He had a pretty good day uh, or seventh. I should say chance Rolk finished six. 
he was he was a little unhappy with how his car was was driving. He didn't feel like it had enough corner speed, like it was almost too planted. So that's something that I know he was going to work on uh, for Who next week. Chance Rolk. Ah, okay. He's running a Techno. That's ah, a, that's the thing right. that I kind of ran into when I had my Techno EV410. I loved the car, but it was I could never get it freed up to get the speed that I wanted out of it in certain parts of the yeah. track. You know. Yeah, I don't know a lot about that car. Jackson Anderson uh, was talking a lot of smack before the race started <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, ended up finishing fifth. He qualified second, but he finished fifth. Corey Tannehill uh, still rocking his Yokomo finished fourth. Nick Pavel uh, finished third. David Peebler was your TQ. He led about the first three laps and then he rolled it down the, the far West Hill. You know, that, that after the, the uphill double and then you turn right there and you kind of got to be a little cautious. Because you can really roll down that hill really fast and either blow that corner or even traction roll right there. And I think that's what he did. Yeah. And then um, I qualified third. I struggled with consistency in qualifying. And even in the main, I still rolled it a couple times. But in the end, that TLR 22 X4, that thing's pretty good. Yeah. They got that one right. That car is money right out of the box. And I'm running a lightweight battery again, too, because I saw Tom. Tom was kind of telling me some of the reasons why he thinks his car is really fast. And it was a lot of it is because of the weight. His car is not very heavy. So I put it. Yeah. I only put a thirty six hundred in my car. And oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was fast. It was very agile and handled good. And dude, I miss racing four wheel drive. Yeah. You know, last year I almost bought a B74 and uh, I just couldn't afford it. So it was nice to race four wheeler again. And like I said, I'm only running this for club racing because I'm, I don't want to take it too seriously or anything. So you're not going to see me at the summer series with it. Um, right. even, even in mod four wheel, I'm not going to do it. Part of it's because my job is running the races. So I don't want to like take anything away from, from that part of it. So I won't be running two classes. Right. But it was fun to drive this car. Oh, I believe it. You know, I don't know. It was, it was fast. It's got my seal of approval, whatever that means. Cause Lord knows I've gone through a lot of cars. Yeah. <laughs> do you keep all your instruction manuals? I do. I also save all my boxes. Do yeah. I started saving my boxes, but I haven't, I wish I would have saved all my boxes earlier, but I do save all of my instruction manuals. I have instruction manuals in my, I've taken a picture of this before for Facebook or Instagram. I can't remember which one it was, but I've, I still have my original LXT manual from like 1993 or whatever year that was. Yeah. And I, you know, it's my original one because I got little drawings on it. I still have, uh, I have my box from my first B4. It was that race spec B4 that you could get. Mm. It was already mm -hmm. built. I still have the box from that. That's pretty and cool. I didn't like the cutout. I never took it out. Like there's a, spot with like cellophane right that you could see the buggy i never cut that out so it's is it's pretty original but yeah i have the box for my sc10 and I, I always just save the kit boxes okay so mod two wheel drive we'll go over that real quick tom rinnerneck was your tq i think him and alex were close for a little while and then i think you know his fast lap was a 21.9 on lap number nine with 98.9 percent .9 consistency Wow. That's pretty good. Vanderbeek. I know he crashed somewhere because I, I heard him. It might even have been the very first lap or two. His first lap was 26 seconds and his second lap was 24 seconds. But then after that, he also did a 21 nine 
And, uh, but his consistency was at 93%. So mm-hmm. if Tom and Alex are there right now, you're kind of like crap. Okay. I have a shot at beating them, but it's going to be hard. Like that one week where I was leading into the, like the last lap or whatever. And I got third. It was more luck. <laughs> it was, it was luck though. It was luck that because Alex and Tom basically ran into each other and took each other out for a little while. So those are kind of who I compare myself to, but Derek Wood finished third and his lap times are kind of, kind of where yours and I's were. Derek's were. Yeah. yeah. He only did a 22, three, but he also finished with 16 laps and everybody else did not. So it was oh, Tom, yeah. Tom, Alex and Derek this week. Uh, Ethan Delaire, who got the bump, drove a really good race, finished fourth. And then yours truly on the very first lap, I qualified second somehow. I was not ready for the grip level at all. I thought I was because the second round was, was really good, but my car almost, I almost rolled my car up at the top of the uh, tabletop turn mm-hmm. and I let Alex get by. And then I came down to the doubles and I was trying to set up for the, uh, for the double triple mm-hmm. and I crashed. And then I was like, well, that sucks. And then I caused a huge pileup, including you. I think Emerson was in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Aiden was in that too. And I, I got out of everybody's way cause I caused a pileup. And then went back to racing. And then I remember a couple laps later, I got into fourth and I could still see Derek. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to catch Derek. And then literally the next corner, I crashed again. And then after mm-hmm. that, I was like, well, okay, whatever. Cause Emerson had gotten by me. So he was in fourth or fifth or something like that. I think it was fifth. And then you, me and Emerson just basically had a fun race the rest of the way. Didn't we? Yeah, I thought so. I thought so well, too. Like, I, I, I'd like stretch out a little bit of a gap and then I came up to those doubles in front of the loop and my car just like flipped over. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I hit a clot or what. Cause I, I thought I had, I mean, I would have had you guys if that I didn't crash right there, but whatever. Emerson had both of us. Oh yeah. I got inside of him at the end of the straightaway through those double doubles after the straight leading up to that, that loop, those doubles have gotten hard yeah. to pace. Right. And I didn't touch him. I didn't hit him or anything, but Emerson's car, uh, I saw him, he must've done something and flipped it basically in the same kind of way. And then I got around him finally. And I think that was kind of the end of it after that. Mm-hmm. You finished sixth mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> Emerson was like, I just need to finish in front of Will. <laughs> <laughs> that, did he say that? Or he said, just beat Will. Yeah. Just beat Will. Yeah, he's like, I don't care, just be Will. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shut up. Because <laughs> both of you guys are standing right next to me. <laughs> but, I mean, other, I mean, it, we had a fun race. It was a club race. It was fun. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. I think you kind of helped in the matter, too, because I had gotten around you guys, and I came down the stairs, and I crashed there, and I hadn't crashed there all day, and I was like, God damn it, damn it, damn it. And then you came around, and we were like, huh? And then you doubled and tripled and crashed right there. And you just yeah. laughed and I, and you were like, ah. and I was like, okay, all right. I was like, oh no. <laughs> so I think that helped. Cause I think I, my mindset, the way I was, cause I hadn't gotten much sleep either that day. I was really tired because mm-hmm. Gretchen had gotten a car accident the night before. So I was kind of like, my mind was kind of in weird places. So I didn't sleep very good. Knowing myself, I could have went one of two directions. I could have went to the let's have, all right, this is fun. Let's have fun. We're both screwing around or, RC racing sucks. And I want to, I want to snap my car over my knee, you know, <laughs> and luckily it went the happy way. That's yeah. 
So Emerson finished seventh and then Aiden Olson didn't stick around. I think he said his car was, I asked him about it. He said he, um, he thought he fried a speed controller, but he didn't. So he didn't race the main. Well, I thought, yeah, I thought he like, he's out there. I thought he broke in practice or something. Yeah. Something was wrong. Electronic wise. We'll finish this up because we got expert, uh, expert stock buggy. I had to kind of rearrange the, the heats a little bit for marshalling sake. Uh, Wade Garing decided not to race independent this week, which is uh, probably a good idea because he is so much faster now than everybody too, that even yeah. though he's not sponsored by anybody, he's got the speed to beat everybody in expert. It was kind of nice to see him kind of move out of independent for this one and just, and just race, you know, the other two classes that he races. Peevler, uh, David Peevler finished second and chance Rolk finished third. David and chance both moved up from their qualifying positions. It wasn't really that close. There was two seconds between Wade and David and, I know on the last lap I had kind of, you know, on the mic, I'm like, all right, we got it. Wade's got to stay honest because David got the lap and he's, you know, something happens. Nick Pavel finished fourth. Dustin Hosick had a good day of qualifying, finished second, but he dropped back to fifth. Corey Tannehill dropped back a little bit from his fourth qualifying spot to sixth. Raven Barton and Brian Barton came from Des Moines. It's good to see them again. They haven't been around for a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, they race at the compound still a lot, I'm pretty sure. Do they? Yeah. I didn't think they were. I thought they were all doing carpet or something. Uh, yeah, I, something I guess like I don't that. know, but uh, it was good to see them either way. Yep. And then uh, Patrick Mitrovics, those guys that came down from Sioux Falls, finished eighth. And then Josiah Roby didn't start. And Jackson Anderson, I th- did he pull off after the first lap? Yeah, he got like pummeled by a whole bunch of cars. And he was just like, screw it. I'm going to go race yeah. independent buggy. Yeah, he actually, he gave me his car to work on this week. So I got to work on his car <laughs> to get it ready really? for him. To, nice. Yeah, he gave me this. Uh, well, I kind of offered. I was like, dude, like, let me see your car. And I looked at it and I was like, when's the last time you built the shocks on this thing? Mm. He's like, well, um, I think I did it like in carpet. Uh, I was like, so this thing sells like 40 weight oil in it and stuff. He's like... Yeah, because you built the shot. You did it last. So I was like, oh, yeah. All right, give me that thing. And so he uh, gave me his car. I'm gonna rebuild it for him and get it better. Because if he had a good car, like he has good stuff. Don't get me wrong. He yeah, has good stuff. But if he had a good setup, right car, I mean, he'd be right there with a lot yeah. of those guys. I think. I think he's doing a lot better. No, oh, he is. I see. Pot- I see potential. So I, I will put the time in to get him a good car. I'm excited by the fact that he's coming to the track and wants to race, not just you screw around. Oh, I love it. You know? I, I see myself in him, you know, yeah. just the annoying kid at the track. <laughs> so funny story, uh, race results do not show race number nine on live RC because, uh, this guy on the microphone right now, uh, did not finish the race before I closed the computer out. What'd you do? Well, I never officially hit control V to finish the oh. race. And so when I shut the, when I turned live time off, shut the track, you know, turned the computer off, it didn't upload race number nine. However, I do remember that Easton McCormick, uh, had a phenomenal day for somebody who hasn't raced dirt in, well, they came last Friday, but they haven't been on a Saturday race day. And since last fall and, mm-hmm. uh, he qualified first in round one, he beat his TQ in round two. And then he led start to finish with Jackson Anderson behind him in second. Nice. If you watch the video, the, the independent buggy videos on, on YouTube, Jackson was right there for a majority of the race. He kind of felt trailed back a little bit towards the end, got caught up in a little bit of lack traffic because he wasn't, 
he wasn't able to anticipate where the cars in front of him were going to go. And so he ended up running into him. That's something he's going to have to learn. Third place, I believe Brian Barton had third pretty much in the bag. And I think he is, his car broke with like two laps left to go or something like that. So hmm. I honestly don't remember who got third. It might've been Joe Schnoes. That one, that one escapes yeah. me. But I remember the independent buggy at least first and second because of how close of a race it was too. So good job for Jackson in that one. He kind of yeah. expert and independent actually ended up running back to back. So he, even though he's flustered in race eight, he still got it together for race nine. So, so that's uh, race results. We like to go over race results on the show uh, as much as we can uh, when we have weekly racing, because it's important. I think, I think it's good to give these guys all a shout out. We're racing this, this Saturday. And then we're not racing July 4th. So we're going to have a week off after next week. So we're racing on the 26th, but not on July 4th. Yeah, we're going camping, yo. We got a new camper. Camping? We got a new truck. Yeah. I would uh, love to go camping, but I'll probably end up working that day. <laughs> yeah. Well, we uh, we got the spot. I got to drive the camper out there, I think, there Wednesday night, something like that. Mm. And... I don't work on Friday, so a Friday, Thursday after work, I'll be going out there. Fun. I take in my Zuma. I, I sold the ruckus. So yeah, we'll, we're racing next week. Uh, we have it on online sign up still. RC sign up. I would I would appreciate if people would would sign up on RC sign up, even though you don't have to to race now. There's no limitations on people or anything like that anymore. We're not racing July 4th, and that's good because I'm going to make some changes to the track for the next round of the summer series, which is July 11th. So that'll be a good one. What's your change? Uh, little things, nothing major. Just, I'm going to change, uh, I'm going to change the double doubles before the loop so that people stop crashing and going down to that hole and missing the loop. And then I'm going to, instead of the little double. So there's the infield back and forth with the little double and then you come up the hill and then you go over that, that double right in front of the driver's stand. That's probably going to end up being a step up where you'll yeah. land and it'll set you up for that double. Now, mm-hmm. instead of rolling up to it, you're actually going to jump and hang and then land and then hit that jump. So it'll still have some yeah. flow. Do something with the double triple. Yes. And then the double triple is going to get a little bit of a, of a modification. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Nothing major. The, the actual layout will stay the same. It's just the obstacle is going to be a little bit different. So. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Do you have one real quick? I asked for some questions today. We didn't get any other than, and I want to go over this really fast. Okay. Because it's going to be a short answer. Uh, Ethan Dallaire posted any updates on the spring champs. Ah. And the update is there is no update. Probably not going to do a makeup race for this one because Mm -hmm. we're already into the summer series. And I don't want to have anything draw away from the summer series. If, if people have to, if we put, a makeup date somewhere that is a couple of weeks away from each summer series. Well, then that might cause somebody to go, well, maybe I'm going to skip this round. I'll just go to that race. I would just rather have people know what the schedule is. Focus on the summer series. It's our big thing. It's what we do every year. We should do, do like spring champs now in winter. <sighs> yeah. So, um, we already know we're going to have a big off-road event in February. Um, we just can't, I don't want to say what it is yet. Cause I haven't gotten clearance to say what it is yet, but most people have already figured it out. There was a possibility of having something really big in October. I don't think that's going to go through. So I'm not even going to mention any more of that unless that changes. 
we like to, uh, you know, there's, there's the fall classic in Hutchinson. There's the winter rate J concepts race in, in at fast lane. Those are two established races elsewhere that I think it would be kind of a dick move if we just said, ah, we're going to put this race right here. And it happens to be a week away from either one of those that have been there for a long time. Yeah. So no, you're right. I just, uh, I just don't think we have a good place for it other than where we always have the race, which is late April. You know, it'll definitely be back next year. But as of right now, even though we've said it's postponed, it probably, we just don't have a good place to put anything right now. Yeah. Next year is going to be off the chain though. Yeah. I can't wait. I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about before we go? Not a whole lot. I sold my ruckus on Saturday. Oh yeah. yeah I know that's, that's why you weren't going to race. And then you decided to come up and race because you sold your ruckus. Guy drove up from Kansas to buy it. And, uh, so he drove like five, four and a half, five hours to buy that thing. Granted, you all really wanted it bad. So we got permission to get new pipe. So we're down to one last hundred foot roll of white pipe. So I got permission to, uh, to go get new pipe sometime this summer. Uh, Oh, I got my first YouTube payment today. Theoretical dollars, theoretical dollars. I've been, we've been monetized since March uh, 13th. Yeah. And I got, I got paid today. My first, my first amount on YouTube. I'm so excited. I, uh, Mm -hmm. I paid for my oil change and, uh, and I, I bought a light for my room for the after hours show so that people can see me better. Oh, neat. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> Thanks, YouTube. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I hear like money from YouTube, I, I always think of the the South Park episode. Like, I'm I'm a theoretical billionaire. Yeah. Chocolate rain. <laughs> Chocolate rain. I can't do it. Chocolate rain. Chocolate rain. <laughs> and then that's the one where they had all the YouTube uh, stars in one show, and then yeah, it was great. Yeah, and like. Uh, that or that one Weezer music video, that Pork and Beans song. You remember that? I don't. They had all the, you don't remember that? They no. had all the uh, YouTube stars on it. Like the guy, and they did the Coke and the Diet uh, Mentos. And <laughs> I'll have to try and find it. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't remember that. You don't remember the Red Album? I don't. You remember the Red Album? Well, I, yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. Came out in like 2008, something yeah. like that. No, I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, Two, you do it. In 2008, I've been, I would have been establishing my Pandora's channel, my Pandora channels by then, which was mostly at 2008 filled with like really drab stuff like Radiohead and Uncle, UNK, UNKLE yeah. and uh, Interpol do you remember, around that time. Do you remember that Dinosaur Jr.? I do. I love Dinosaur Jr. Really? Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool. I like a lot of music. I don't yeah, know. I'm cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right, we're going to go. Thanks for hanging in there and getting another one done for us today. It's always weird because I always think we never have enough to talk about. And then an hour and 20 minutes goes by and we're, we got to go. Yeah, here we are. Don't forget, uh, before we leave, don't forget about your pivot lending sponsor uh, here at the Hobby Show, Hobby Flex Show podcast. And don't forget that if you mention us while you're doing a home loan or a refinance, something like that, you can get 0.125 off your rate or $500 lending credit. You get to choose. You don't get both. Make sure you do that because it helps this show come to you weekly. I know they've already had takers on that already. So yeah, I'd go for that 0.25 off. Yeah, me too. In the long run. All right. Thanks, Will. Yeah. Anytime. You know me. See you on the flip flop.